0: Appreciate that. You have your Bible, 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6 is where we're going to be this morning. As you open to that passage of Scripture, I want to take you maybe back into a time frame of your life when you remember when something of value. Of someone else's value had it been entrusted to you. Maybe you can remember the excitement when someone that you loved had something that, that you really liked and they said, You can borrow this. Or maybe it was a time in your life you remember when you were 16 and you got that little piece of plastic. It was called your driver's license. And probably for some of you, your parents said, Here's the keys. I won't ask how many of you on that first day dented up your parents' vehicle and had to go to report to dad, dad, I, I crashed the car. Maybe you remember back on your first date, I remember as a young man going out with a young lady, and I always got this speech when you met your, their parents for the first time. Dad would always say to me, this is a very valuable possession to me. I just thought, ah, that guy's being old school. What's the problem? It's just his daughter. So you have a daughter. Then your life changes. (laughs) Your your, uh, reality reawakens. I remember that father saying to me, I expect her home at a certain time. I won't ask which one of you brought your date back late, but I did not. Because I wanted to make sure that her dad knew that I respected him. I recognize this morning as we talk about driver's license, first dates, those things, those things have just earthly value. This morning as we look at 1 Timothy chapter 6, Paul's going to share with Timothy, Timothy, there's going to be something that I'm going to entrust to you as a young man. And what Paul is going to challenge Timothy through the word of God, what he's going to entrust Timothy to hold on to has eternal value. It's not something that Paul wants for Timothy to take lightly. It's not something that Paul is going to say to Timothy, "Ah, this is not really a big deal. Timothy, if you do not entrust or guard what's been entrusted to you, people's eternity is at stake. We've read some things last week. As you remember back on 1 Timothy chapter 16, godliness with contentment is great gain. You've been challenged from Paul's letter to Timothy. Timothy, don't love money. Many of us maybe heard those words last week. My question to you is, do you love money? And if you do, I know where that love for money will lead you. Paul gave Timothy some other instructions. As he shared with this man of God said, Timothy, there's going to be a time in your life where people are going to declare that godliness is a way to financial gain. Timothy, there's going to be people that are going to infiltrate and come into this area and say, hey, this is where you can do this and believe this and trust that. Follow this. And those people really don't have the best interest of a family. They have the best interest in their pocketbook. They're going to say things to you so that their lives will be enriched by money. They will have the love of money. Timothy, they will not have the best heart for the family. And so this morning, as you get to 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 11, Timothy is going to give you some other words. And I realize there's opportunities for you to say, Well, these words were from Paul to Timothy. That is biblically correct. That is true. But my question will be is is when you walk out of these doors and you start your afternoon, wherever you eat your lunch, whatever you do after that, will these words impact you this afternoon? Will these words impact you on Monday morning, Monday afternoon, Monday evening? Will these words impact you for the rest of your life? Because when we get to the end of this, You've been entrusted with the same thing that Paul entrusted Timothy with. And I realize that all of you are busy. I realize that all of you have things that you like to do. But I pray this morning when you leave this place, you'll be reminded that eternity is at stake. You'll be reminded that God has entrusted something to you that you will have to fight for. First Timothy chapter six and verse 11. Paul's words to Timothy, "But you, man of God, flee all of this, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of witnesses. Stop there. Paul reminds Timothy and gives Timothy really an opportunity. Timothy, there's going to be things as we know back the love of money. Timothy, I want you to flee those things. Timothy, I want you to walk away from that stuff. Turn your back and go in the total different direction. Now I realize, some of you sitting in here, that money is not an issue. You do not have a love for money. But I know there's something that is true. Every single one of us have a weakness. Will you flee that weakness? Will you dabble, oh, it's not really that big of a deal? Oh, nobody will really ever find out. Man of God, woman of God, flee. Man of God, woman of God, pursue this. Righteousness. Godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Timothy, pursue righteousness. When Paul says those words, he's saying to Timothy, conform to God's plan. Righteousness. Godliness. Take your Bible and go to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter one, verse seven. Proverbs one, seven. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and Discipline. Fear the Lord. Is there something inside of you that's saying, you know, Lord, if that's not something that you want me to do because of my respect, because of my love for you, because of my awe, or maybe it just needs to be because of his flat out fear that if you do this, you will suffer this? You walk down this road, you will pay the price. kindness being willing to say to God God if that's what you want from my life because I fear you maybe it doesn't make sense but because of my fear for you I'm not going down that road here's another verse Hebrews chapter 12 verse 28 Therefore, since we received a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. And so, worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. Reverence and awe. God, I worship you. Maybe another word as you think about godliness, you could say this. God-likeness. God, am I like you? God, is there an awe and there's a respect for me? God, I want to be like you. Another as you go back to 1 Timothy chapter 6. You read these words. He's told Timothy, righteousness, godliness, faith. Timothy, I want you to totally rely on Jesus for your salvation. Now, think about what Paul's saying to Timothy. Timothy, I want you to have faith. There's false prophets. There's individuals that are going around in those communities saying, hey, there's another way. There's this opportunity. Oh, no, Timothy's just old school. Timothy just wants to run your life. No, no. Paul's saying to Timothy, Timothy, you need to have faith in one thing. You know what it is? Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection for the forgiveness of your sins. That's the only way you're going to get to heaven. There is no other way. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how rich you are. I don't care how often you come to church. I don't care who your mommy is or your daddy is. I know this. Every single one of you sitting in this room is a sinner. So am I. So do I have faith that that cross will pay my my sin penalty? Do I have the faith? I do. There is no other hope. The question will be, In the same question of those individuals that were sitting around that Timothy had an opportunity to impact their life. Maybe it was a Bible study. Maybe it was lunch. Maybe it was coffee hour. Maybe it was just out playing sports. Maybe it was a book club. Maybe it was at a men's ministry meeting. Those people that heard Timothy's voice when he said these words that Paul had wrote for him. Paul reminded Timothy to pursue faith, no matter what society said. Timothy was encouraged by Paul in another area, love. I was watching um, an an internet thing where a a guy walked out onto the TV set and he proposed to his his fiancé. He walks out and he says some words, and you know I'm interested in the words that he says, but then he said these words. You are my soulmate. I was like, they're in trouble. You know why? He's bought into the lie of the culture. Well, I'm just not happy. and I don't have my soulmate. Don't ever walk into my office and say soulmate thing because I'll look at you and say, there's the door. <laughs> but you know what's interesting? When it comes to love, you better be careful. You better come back to this book and don't just throw that word that word around. Don't just say, well, it's just... no, no. Come back to the thought process of the Word of God. Come back to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 And then to find love. And then to say, as Paul says to Timothy, Hey Timothy, pursue this. Love, self-sacrifice. Laying it all on the line for somebody else. Again, I've said this, and I'll probably say this, the rest of the opportunity I have ministry, not one time has anybody ever walked into my office and said, Would you please tell my spouse to stop loving me? I don't like this. Not once. But it's in these buildings where this book is open, where Paul's saying to Timothy, and now he's saying to you, Pursue this. Pursue love. Self sacrificial love. The same love that your Savior had standing in front of those soldiers when they ripped his beard out, when they mocked him, when they put the crown of thorns on his, his head and they beat it on there, when they laughed at him. That's love. Because you know and I know that he had the power to wipe every single person out standing around that circle right then and there. The person that put, took back that whip, he had the power to stop his arm. And you know what's so, been so amazing? is right before they whipped that whip, he would have stood up in front of him and said, all my, my wounds are healed. <laughs> You're dead, buddy. No. His hands chained to that pole. He allowed himself to be beaten for you. So that when you will have the opportunity to say these words, well, it's just not fair. You'll come back to love and say, well, I'll define love biblically. First Corinthians chapter 13. Paul shares with Timothy another word, endurance, steadfastness, a characteristic that's maybe not one of your strengths or maybe one of my strengths, because there might be a tendency just to move over in the areas where we really kind of, life is a little bit easier. Lord, don't don't take me down that road. I kind of like this road. Paul's telling Timothy to endure steadfastness. The last one in that list is gentleness. So really what Paul is telling Timothy is you take your Bible and go, we won't do it this morning, but you could look at Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23, and Paul's really challenging Timothy with the fruits of the Spirit. Make those things, develop those things, ask Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit, to develop those characteristics of your life. Wouldn't it be amazing when your life was over and somebody stood up in front of a group of people and opened up their Bible to Galatians chapter 5 and they read 22 and 23, and those were the words that they used to characterize your life. Totally different than anything you probably ever read at work, you're ever going to read in a leadership magazine? But those would be the words that would characterize your life. If that's going to be true, don't forget verse 12. Fight the good fight of the faith. Timothy, this is a war. And, and really the concept that you've you probably heard this when you were or in a conversation or maybe it was just us as guys Uh, in a conversation on the playground and somebody was going to make one comment to the next guy and then you probably got a little frustrated got a little bit heated and then you said something like this just bring it on just bring it me and you let's go right here right now just bring it and there was some confidence in that you whatever whatever was going on across from you that you could do whatever better than the person next to you and even if it got into a fist fight just bring it because I'm going to take you out it's a war. It's the same concept of this passage. You better bring it when it comes to your spiritual life. It's not going to be good enough just to sit in a seat, enjoy air conditioning, and go out. If, if, if you want Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23 to be read about your life. Because it's a war. And just so you know. We've had it easy for quite a while living in America. So you better get ready. There better be a churning deep down inside of your soul saying whatever takes place in our society, there's going to be something inside of me that says I'm fighting. Again, I'm not going to bring out a newspaper ad and call everybody out and be that. note, but there's going to be a deep down desire inside of me to say, God, bring it to the fruit of the Spirit in my life. I'm not out there to argue with anybody I'm not out there to tell everybody what's wrong i got enough going on inside of me I'm saying, Holy Spirit, you got a lot of work if somebody's going to read Galatians chapter 5 about my life but I'm willing to fight for it Timothy, there's, there's something that you better be willing to agonize over Timothy, you better be willing to know that there's false teachers and all their information that they're going to talk about and not be right and stuff. There's Timothy, you better be ready to battle and this is something that's way bigger than anything that you could fight for on this earth. Eternity's sake. Just think about people that are around you. If they would take their last breath now, where would they be? You know what there's a tendency is? For you and I to get sidetracked. To care more about stuff that matters on this earth than, what, than what's eternity that's made. There's a temptation to take hold of things of this earth, and we'll fight and argue over stuff that really doesn't matter. That really has no eternal value. I mean, I, I love football. That the Blue Streaks game, pretty cool. They beat Avon Park. I mean, I'm not really excited that a school of twice the size of another school can win a football game. You know what sad was for me. How many seniors stood out in front with one parent? How many seniors, girls, stood there with just one parent? How many senior, young men, stood there with just one parent? One parent. Heartbreak. Somebody got sidetracked. Somebody's priority got rearranged. And if you're not careful, and if I'm not careful, if I'm not fighting for this, I'm not fighting for eternity. Listen. Eternity Somebody being with Jesus forever, that's huge. Somebody being excited over something that's on this earth, that's not really a big deal. Long term. Fight the good fight. Take hold of the faith. Remind yourself, eternity. Remind yourself, Hell, forever. Remind yourself that when you wake up tomorrow morning, you're not just fighting for here and there. You're fighting for opportunity to lay rewards in heaven forever. You're fighting for your next door neighbor. Two, three, four, five, six down. Family members, sons, daughters, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, all those things. That's where the battle is. Where will my son be for Where will my daughter be for eternity? That's you. Take your Bible, go to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, pick it up in verse... 17. Join with others in following my examples, brothers. Take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. For I have often told you before, and now say again with tears, many lives, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God in their stomach. And the glory is their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior. From there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like His glorious body. Therefore, my brothers, you whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, this is how you should stand firm in the Lord, dear friend. It's eagerly awaiting or a temptation to be distracted by the things of this world. Go to Colossians chapter 3. It up in verse 1. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. For Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death. Therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, there's your list. Verse 7, you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourself of these things. Drop down to verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. See what Paul's trying to encourage Timothy? Timothy, these are the things that I want you to fight for. Timothy, these are the things that I want you to take hold of. Timothy, I want to remind you in the sight of God in verse thirteen, if you're back in First Timothy chapter six, in the sight of God who gives every life, gives life to everything and of Christ Jesus. And he just reminds Timothy, the one who testified before Pontius Pilate, the one that made the good confession. If you have some time again, probably be beneficial to go back and read John chapter 18. Read John chapter eighteen verses thirty to thirty-seven. Just remind yourself of what that good confession was. Remind yourself of those religious leaders that their defense backed the Pilate when Pilate said, I, "What has he done done wrong?" Well, we wouldn't bring you anybody that hadn't done anything wrong. We wouldn't bring him to you. So you've got the Messiah standing there with a group of of religious leaders, a bunch of sinners that think they've got it all together, and their line of defense is positive. oh, we wouldn't bring him back. And we wouldn't really bring him here if he didn't do anything wrong. Had our Savior done anything wrong? No. But he needed a confession. He needed you to read his words years later, what it was like in a situation where everything was totally unfair. But he stood there so that you would know what love would look like. So you would maybe make one day a time in your life that you would say, Lord, I'll make that confession to the world. I'll let people know. It's interesting. You read on in verse 14. To keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's coming back. Wouldn't you love for the Messiah to come back when you're sitting down with somebody and your Bible's open and you're talking about a passage of Scripture? Wouldn't that be the best time for Him to come back? So if there's the best time for Him to come back, is there times that we wouldn't want Him to come back? Hey, Timothy, this is something I want you to pursue. Hey, Timothy, this is something I want to remind you about. He's coming back. Hey, Timothy, you might want to just think your way through this process. When he returns, is he going to find spot, wrinkle, blame? Or is he going to find, hey, there's something going on in this person's life that's different than all the people around him? He's coming back. I don't know when, but you better be ready. You better think about what you're going to pursue today because he is coming back. And this is what's fascinating to me. You know, he could have said a lot of different things about the one coming back, but this is how he, he puts it. Verse 15, which God will bring about in his own time, God, the blessed, the, the ruler, The King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in an unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, to him be honor and might forever and ever. So he describes this ruler that's going to come back, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who is immortal, the one who is, there's no way that you can approach him, he's unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or ever can see, to him be honor forever and ever. Timothy, there's an opportunity for you to pursue a lot of different things, Timothy. Timothy, I'm going to encourage you to fight the good fight. Timothy, I'm going to encourage you to take hold of eternity. Timothy, I just want to remind you, he's coming back. And then I'm going to jump through, I'm not going to go through 17th through 19th, because we talked about money last week, but I want to drop down to verse 20. Timothy, guard what's been entrusted to your care. Turn away from godless chatter and opposing ideas of which false knowledge or what is called false knowledge which some have possessed and in doing so they've wandered from the faith. Grace be with you. Timothy, there's something that I've entrusted to your hands. Timothy, there's something I'm going to leave to you. And I'm going to give you the courage and the opportunity and the privilege and the agony and the struggle. Here's something's going to be entrusted to you. Timothy, pass it on. Timothy, guard that. And you can go through it. And I'm going to go through a list really quick. Backwards of the Word of God from starting in chapter 6 and going all the way back to, to chapter 1. Timothy, and just think about this opportunity. Timothy, guard this. The Savior's coming back. Keep yourself without spot or wrinkle. Remind your Savior about your Savior's word as he stood before Pilate. Eternal life is at stake. Fight the good fight. Pursue this, Timothy. Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness. Money is the root of all evil. Godliness with contentment is great gain. False teachers will come in and will preach financial gains. Chapter 5. How you deal with elders and sin. Widows, older men, younger women. This is how in chapter 4. Your life should be characterized by speech, love, faith, purity. Watch your doctrine. Train yourself to be godly. Chapter 3, how to deal with elders and deacons. Reminding those group of believers, here's some characteristics. Here's some qualities. But you need to grow in your relationship with Christ. Chapter 2, he gives orders for the church. How to pray holiness, pleasing to our Father. Men without anger, lifting up holy hands. But in chapter 1, this is what he says. Christ came into the world to save Sinners. And who's the chief? Paul. Timothy, you guard that. Timothy, here's a book that will be written to you as some fundamentals of the faith. It's an opportunity for you, Timothy, to guard these things. Ephesians chapter 6. We'll close with that passage of Scripture. Finally, brothers, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm brothers and sisters, friends. If you know Jesus personally, He's given you something. He's entrusted you with something. The most amazing gift that you can give to anyone. His son. That was willing to die on the cross for your sin and my sin. That's the most amazing gift. Because everyone walking on planet earth today is a sinner. Every single one. So every single person that we walk past this week, this year, is either going to end up in one of two places. Heaven or hell. Hell. And there's going to be millions of things that you and I could talk about. Chatter. And all of those things are a temptation to turning us away from sharing the most amazing gift we could ever give to anyone else. It's salvation. It's a Savior. It's the Messiah. The other thing is, for those of us that have a Messiah, we have a Savior. 1 Timothy is an amazing book for some fundamentals in your life. For you to go back and think your way through how to deal with this situation. What do I do here? What does this look like? I want you to pray with me. Father, thank you for allowing us to gather, be together as a family. Father, I pray that the number one priority of my life, this family, be able to communicate with people in our community about you, Jesus. You're the only one that can set them free. if you're sitting in this building today and there's never been a time in your life you said, you know, Jesus, I need a state. But you've never just said, you know what, I, I'm, I'm going to accept this free gift. What are you accepting? You're accepting Jesus, who's willing to be born of a virgin, walk this earth, die on a cross. Three days later, he rose again so you could have life. For God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Do you believe? You've never accepted the free gift. Make today that day. But Father, as we look down, as you look down on our family. Father, I know there's people in this family that are hurting today. Father, I know there's people in this family that need encouragement today. Father, there's times that you just want to kick us in the seat of the pants. Father, please, with the help of your Holy Spirit, would you make us a family that was focused on sharing you with our community? Father, we would develop relationships with individuals so we can introduce them to You, Jesus. Father, thank You for today. Thank You for First Timothy. Thank You for some fundamentals, Father. What You have entrusted to us, please use us so that when we're when we're getting ready to take our last breath. We wouldn't have too many regrets. May you be glorified in our lives. If you're here this morning, you'd like to pray with somebody. There's the What's Next Ministry out the back, second door on the left. Thank you for gathering with us as a family today. As you leave this building, May you surrender to the authority of the word of God. May you beg the holy spirit to do work in your life to say yes to the word of God. Thank you Jesus, send us out as ambassadors and warriors for you in our community. In your name I pray. Amen.